Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 359. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from beautiful Savage, Minnesota, joined by Charlie, coming from the land of beer that has no fear. But not the land of beer and cheese, because that's what those Scannies always have to say. And, you know, uh, recent events have not really deepened my love of Wisconsin. But you know what? Wisconsin, prove me wrong. That's all I'm saying. Prove me wrong. Charlie, I uh, work with a lot of Scannies, and all I will say is they uh, are an interesting lot, despite their love of a ridiculous football team. Oh, well. Uh, But you know what? Something else we love... Something yeah. else we love, you know, and it's just us two this week. So this is back to yeah. our basics and we're going to have more guests on as we go. But, you know, what we will talk about this week is an interesting cover, which is actually a milestone cover, which is kind of cool. And it is Detective Comics number 359, where we are introduced to the new Batgirl. I don't and remember who the old Batgirl was. Has a purse for some reason. A satchel? A trapless purse. She has a satchel. Well, it's, it's clearly hooked to her bat belt, but she was the first uh, bat uh, individual to have an all-black suit, I think. Yeah, it was interesting always, change, yeah. Yeah, he always had the, the gray and the blue, which he's sporting here, and I assume this is Jan, uh, July of 67, the Summer of Love. This was the Summer of Love issue of Detective Comics. Yeah, and, and looking at this, uh, Batgirl, I'm looking at this, you know, Batgirl... If, the, if this is right, did Batgirl have a spinoff series? Uh, I don't know. I, did, I mean, she obviously went on to have her own comics and stuff, but I mean, spit like at this time, no clue. Yeah, I don't remember. And, you know, obviously this is around like what you had, Batman uh, 66. So this might have been inspired by the TV show to bring oh, this, the go. suit and everything in. That could have been, you know, an interesting tactic, although she's still wearing heels. Right, uh, yeah, that's... Um, Boy, and, and if you look at her foot at the bottom, where you know she's running over the bat symbol, it looks like it looks like yeah, it, it looks like she, yeah. Who runs in heels? You can see the spike is up as she's running. That uh, that does look problematic. <sighs> yeah, this is this is. Yeah, so we don't know who this Batgirl is. It could be Barbara Gordon. It could be someone else. But yeah, as we know, Batman 66, the TV series, debuted Batgirl on the screen. Uh, maybe that was that we had Batwoman back in the day. Maybe that this was the impetus to get her on screen so that's very cool very good well you know what is not cool i'm not gonna lie uh is usually the maniacal ramblings of one madam webb appreciate her as we do a little long in the tooth but still the best source down at the corner of hollywood and vine for the latest rumors and news so without further aplomb let's go now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys thank you madam webb well it's been a, it's like been a long time since we've actually been around madam webb it, her hiatus you know she was in parts unknown we weren't really sure if she was you know alive or dead but we found out that she actually decided to, to make a run for the border and when we say border went up to canada to find smart. herself a Klondike king to settle down. Didn't go very well. She is now uh, excommunicated from Canada. There's like a sign on all the border crossings. See this woman? Kick her out. Yeah, right. Ouch. That's got to be tough, all those Mounties having to get down off their horses and pulling out their, pulling out their uh, what is that game that they like so much with the whisking? 
the, ch- 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 the kind of brushing. Oh, yeah. curling the whiskey. Yeah, pull out the, the, whiskey. <laughs> the, the brooms, Charlie. It's brooms, and you push know, broom. Yeah, oh, it's, it's very big get, here. I'm going to yeah. get in big, big trouble when Mark hears this episode. Sorry. Well, it is the uh, we have the curling world headquarters in Duluth, Minnesota. So. There oh you my! Go. There you yes, go. Yes, yes, we are we are curlers. Um, oh, well, uh, the first, yeah, the first story this week is we're hearing all the buzz, and this was actually announced by Mark Pedowitz, who is actually the chief of CW, that there is a tentative for sale sign up on CW. Now, Ooh. CW has an interesting past, and Charlie, you probably remember this: that UPN and WB mm-hmm. merged, mm-hmm. owned by separate companies. Warner Brothers owns the WB, which makes sense. The letters that was uh, that was back in the days when my mother uh, worked in the business. She was national sales manager for a local station group that had a WB. Um, so yeah, that was uh, so th- that it became a CW and ta-da. Well, yeah, well, and it was joined by the other side, Upin United Paramount yes. Network, which is owned I, by Viacom. Uh, yeah, was, so. Uh, and there was there was no Star Trek affected by that because that was after uh, Enterprise went off the air, so never touched it. Yeah, it, so it was a it was a unique thing. Uh, neither of the networks were very. Po- I mean, they had some popular shows on them, but um, they just never were a big thing. So I guess they thought, well, we could bring these properties together, make a profit, feed on them with content, and kind of uh, just consolidate to be you know have some savings that's right. been in place cw has been in place oh wow since 2006 yep. so we're talking 15 plus years now mm-hmm. and apparently these network the cw has never been profitable what makes it what what makes these uh corporate parents money is then those shoes that shows that are developed there they sell them internationally they make syndicated right, deals right, 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 right. so ultimately they don't i i'm guessing they they don't see value especially now both of these have their own uh networks streaming networks individually with hbo max and paramount plus so ultimately we don't know where this will go because apparently there's a company called nextstar looking to buy them Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they would just pull the shows because there's probably contracts where these shows go after that. Right. Maybe those contracts can't be changed in the meantime. And then at that point, if CW is sold and they honestly don't have the production houses to keep them alive, what does CW even become? Right. I mean, what becomes their properties? Their, 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 their ongoing issues. Cause there's nothing owned by CW proper. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we're living in this world and we talk about it on the show all the time of, uh, you know, the, the the slow slide of the, you know, of, of the cable cutters or the slow, I say the not so slow rise of the cable cutters, you know, and network programming uh, tending to evaporate a little bit, especially on one of these smaller netlets, you know, it, it does seem that your big three or your big four, your, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox is untouchable in their own way, but these little netlets, I mean, is CW kind of the last big one that's out there? That is, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be because yeah. it was basically Fox, WB, UPN, then Fox is yep. basically has yep. become the big four. Right. So there's nothing right. else except for PBS. So right, I don't think exactly. PBS is on the hook. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, their programming is unique. But again, you know, in this household, we've not had uh, cable uh, in you know 
probably four years. Uh, and the only time we were really regretful for it was watching, you know, that show Yellowstone, which was the first three seasons were on Peacock. And the last season we had to buy it because it was nowhere to be found because we didn't have cable as it were. So, but that's it. We've not missed anything else. We've not been like, oh, I really got, I mean, we've really stopped watching a lot of network programs altogether. So, um, and obviously if something is for sale, it's not, they're not exactly raking in the big bucks. So this could be, you know, the death of the last netlet. You know what I mean? They, they run their contracts out and then maybe it's adios muchachos. It becomes maybe becomes like a two B or something like that, where it just is. It doesn't really right. have its own voice anymore, and it just has some content streaming stuff. Um, and it made me think, Charlie, what else? The Netlets. I mean, remember WG? I mean, I think WGN. I mean, it's a local na- station, but became kind of a, a national thing. That right. and WT and TBS also was a local net- network in Atlanta, became kind of a national thing. But they think they're now all owned by different players, especially when they made their own content, like TBS. I think all the stuff goes to W or HBO Max. I don't know about WGN right. though, or if or if they're even making own content anymore. I don't know, but like I said, to me, it just feels a lot like the writing is on the wall, and uh, a real reason that I'm glad I don't sell me traditional media anymore because I did that for a big chunk of my career. So, uh. yeah, digital, me- yeah, digital media is the online space, and selling that is yeah. a whole different ballpark because you have to know a different consumer base, have to know more about, and then Nielsen's even, you know, Nielsen's yeah. company, I mean, so many companies use for like demographic data, and they're behind right. the ball because they traditionally were putting a box in somebody's house to watch TV shows, and if you're on that list, you got a hundred bucks a month to do so, and I'm like, I don't think that works anymore. Uh, right, I don't know. So it's it's a brave new world. They're just counting streams and views and whatever. So anyway. Moving on, and Todd, did you see this trailer before? This the, was not. We this was not one of my trailers uh, in from. Oh Scream. no, kidding! No, it absolutely was. Uh, Todd and I both saw uh, Scream, the, the new version of Scream, uh, this weekend, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But this, I had absolutely no idea. Uh, the Foo Fighters have a horror movie that's going to be coming out pretty quickly here. I don't know if it says at the bottom of No, because it's just a YouTube link we're looking at, but I believe it's pretty quickly. But yeah, it's a story about, you know, it's it's the man, the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, and couldn't tell you the name of any of the rest of them. Um, uh, and of course, Dave Grohl, you know, was in Nirvana. back. In the, the guy 90s, that looks uh, like Will Ferrell. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, oh, no, no that's is, the Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer. That's that's who looks like Will Ferrell. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's like, and I can, I recognize the face of the other guys, but they are all, you know, old like us now. They're older than us. I think they probably have a good 10 years on us, if I'm not 5, 10. Oh, sure. well, Dave Grohl was a drummer of Nirvana, so I assume, right. you know, that was, when I was you know, in high school, he was probably right. 25 20, or 26. Right, exactly. yeah. So there you go. 10 years right there. So anyway, in this film, uh, according to this trailer, uh, looks like they are uh, renting a house in order to make their 20th anniversary album or whatever, their 10th album, it says here. Uh, and they want to do something different, but the house is haunted. And Dave Grohl in particular is possessed and is uh, running muck with the spirit of a demon. So I got to tell you, wow, what? where the hell did this one come from? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No indication. And again, Todd, you and I have talked about this trend before. Uh, a horror movie in first quarter, so in like January, February, March. I, is it a... Ne- I mean, we just saw Scream and Scream mm-hmm. outperformed. I know uh, Scream knocked uh, Spider-Man out of the top spot, so it performed well. A lot of people went to go see it. So uh, this could be another example of bucking the trend. I don't know. I think I mean, so. Smart. Think? 
smaller movies, uh, horror movies have smaller budgets typically, and there's usually a dearth of content until like the first big movie of the spring. And as of right now, we really don't have one because Morbius right. left, and so we're probably going to be trying to figure out what's the next big thing. So in the meantime, right. these smaller movies can find an audience and do well. I mean, Foo Fighters fans plus you know goofy horror. This could be a lot of I fun, mean, and the even yeah. even even all the comments listed here, everybody's just absolutely loving on it. Yeah, you know, so I, I didn't know I needed this in my life. This is so effing weird, but it's the weirdness that brings the Foo Fighters into a horror movie. So I'm happy. It's like this could you know if these uh, 3,200 people who commented on this YouTube video are of any indication, they might sell 3,200 tickets. It's possible. Uh, it's it's possible. There's upside. Um, I'm assuming this is February 25th is when it's coming out. So post right. uh, Valentine's Day, and the cast is pretty good. We've got beyond the Foo Fighters, we've got Jenny Ortega, Will Forte, right. Jeff Garland, yep. Leslie Grossman, Whitney Cummings. Beyond that, the Foo Fighters are listed as, as themselves. So that's good. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and this is like a, in a in a weird past. We had we had rock bands making movies like this so we obviously right. had the beatles, beatles. The yeah. yeah uh but then we also had then kiss the phantom of the amusement park i can't remember what it's called that was a weird movie i think it was made for tv but okay. if you've never seen a trailer for that charlie it's absolutely fantastic Just really good 70 schlock think of you know the family guy spoof kiss saved santa claus or whatever because that was that was a recurring joke in the first couple seasons of family guy said uh, Peter, the main character, loved Kiss, and yeah, so would yeah. would you know get in full cosplay to go to concert and stuff, and yeah, I don't know, weird, yeah, weird, and weird, then weird. we had what uh, uh, the the pick of Disney with um, uh, oh Blake and their Tenacious D, and then since then, I don't know if we've had anything since then, but they're they're fun. Every once in a while, we get a goofy one. Yeah, I will. I will see this one where the other because I think it looks like a giggle. And plus, with the fact that we like to go to the movies and we have the VIP pass, we can go see whatever. And and I can sleep through it, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> so one thing I tell you, I will not sleep on is this next story. This is something uh, that we've talked about for a long time in the land of reboots. And of course, we'll be uh, talking about reboots, and so we'll be talking about sequels in the in the Thunderdome a little bit later on, but. Quantum Leap, awesome show that was on NBC from 1989 to 1993. We've talked about it many, 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 many times. Todd, Todd even described it as evergreen, meaning a series that is timeless and easy to watch. I, I've done various rewatches of it throughout the years. Uh, could set to be having a reboot from writers of the show La Brea, which I don't know if that show, did that show get canceled? See, I don't pay attention. I think it got a second. I think it got a second series, but it's also on Peacock. Yeah, oh, there you go. Uh, original series creator Donald P. Belisario of the Belisario uh, Dynasty, this guy who's made a, a million billion shows, Tidy gave us NCIS and its 49 spinoffs, every, every one of which my mother watches uh, fastidiously when she was staying with us here before Christmas. So bad. So bad. Down, she would come down in the morning and basically kicked me the hell out of the way so that she could watch. Oh, NCIS was on last night, but it, it didn't come on because I don't have live TV. So she had to watch it on Paramount Plus and was like, oh, just, hey, yeah. Did she get spoiled, it, Charlie? Is she like on NCI, <laughs> NCIS websites getting spoiled? Well, you know what? She's not because when, um, what's his ass, Mark Harmon left the main NCIS and I, 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 I mentioned this to her. She's like, well, I didn't know anything about that. That was a spoiler. I'm like, it says in this article they announced it last spring. You know, if you're not a real fan, if you're 
If you're not on the Facebook page getting all the news, oh well. But anyway, yes, it's catnip for old people, let's face it. Anything by Donald P. Belisario. Uh, But anyway, it looks like uh, there hasn't been any big confirmation of series star uh, Scott Bakula as Sam Beckett. And of course, also captain of the Enterprise. Uh, And then obviously, you know, we've lost Dean Stockwell just back in November. Um, The series ended that Sam continued to... Uh, Leap Forever, which, of course, made I remember being very sad when that happened. So uh, from the description, it sounds like if he was to appear, it would be in a supporting or potentially a cameo role. So this would be a reboot that would include new characters, new lead character, whatever it is. But great concept, of course. Uh, Sam jumped into his Quantum Leap Accelerator and was actually placed uh, swapping... Uh, spirits as it were swapping bodies throughout time within his own lifetime so he was born in the early 50s so it was from the early 50s to about the far future of 1999 is where the present day part of it was set and he would you know jump in and 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 correct a little thing save somebody's life whatever it is and every once in a while the show dipped into him affecting historical events there was that great episode where he you know was lee harvey oswald and they just have done done absolutely a lot of interesting stuff so this is i don't know todd how do you feel do, do we need another one? Is this unnecessary or do they do something I, interesting? I mean, the, the simple question, you know, or simple answer is, I don't think, I think it's like I said, it's an evergreen premise, not just evergreen and the fact that the special effects are a big deal. Yeah. It's a premise that can always be told. So it's not like if they just repeat episodes they already did and it's just like a new actor, that's yeah. dumb. I think yeah, they totally. have to do, and we're going to talk about this, Charlie. Like we talk about in Scream and how they called about, you know, sequels and prequels and reboots right, and right. remakes. Um, take the premise and just play on what works best in today's audiences. Uh, we've obviously had more time pass. Maybe have a different gendered um, person because a woman's perspective on these things may be completely different than a man or some a minority or something like that. Because Sam was playing. You know, as, at, at times, women, minorities, things like that. Right. And it's one thing to do it from that perspective. And it then also gives you that lesson learned because, like, I didn't know people were treated like that. But it might be like, I know how I've been treated. And maybe I can let people be, you know, do learn something from that, too. So right. it, there's ways to play it. And, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. it makes sense if you have some, like, Easter eggs and some things from the past that you could play off of, too. Maybe it's the same program. And, you know, Dean, you know, Dean Stockwell is Ziggy. You know, that type of team, you know, is right. no longer. And then we find out that Sam is actually has a role in this. That would be cool. Right, right. He's the, well, obviously, that was the conclusion of it. They said he was the one jumping himself around and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am I am all for it. So, yeah, uh, eyes on this, but. All right, yeah. So, uh, our next story is Moon Knight is getting, has had a teaser drop already. And by the time you watch this, the full trailer is dropping on Monday Night Football for the football playoffs. This teaser, though, which we have just watched, it's 15 seconds long. First, we thought Kevin Bacon was in this, and then we oh, find man. out it's Ethan Hawke. So oh, it's, a, well. it's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not footloose in this one, but he will be uh, playing it up. It's not Bacon Hawke. Yeah, now Ethan Hawke is apparently playing the uh, villain of this mm-hmm. piece. So very cool. And then apparently uh, we are thinking there will be a mixture of Moon Knight with the darker side, maybe Werewolf by Night, things like that as well. But ultimately we get to see Mark Spector, our, our good man there. And he's running with some things. He's in Egypt at times, and he sees himself as Moon Knight several times. Um, this looks cool. 
Oh, I, I totally agree. And I, I love Oscar Isaac. He was one of my you know favorite characters in the sequel trilogy for uh, Star Wars. Um, I just want to know when. You know, but I would imagine if they're dropping the trailer, they're not going to be yanking us uh, so much. And as we talked about on our big uh, preview show, they they got to get some dates on the books like ASAP. Or uh, they're going to run out of weeks if they want to go, you know, onesie twosie, uh, rolling stuff out. So let's hope they get their act together and maybe we see this next month. Yeah, that's good. I mean, right now when I looked at just... Uh, this is Wikipedia, so I'm just looking at their release schedule. The next thing they have releasing after Hawkeye is Moon Knight, then She-Hulk, then Miss Marvel, then Secret okay. Invasion, gotcha. then Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special for the TV series, which would then say, hopefully Moon Knight is before Doctor Strange, which means we get something before May, which would be very, right. very cool. Um, did you notice, Charlie, and I didn't notice this at first, when I look at his costume closer, it looks like bandages, which would lean into a mummy element. Why it's white. Really? I didn't expect that. And we look at, I'm looking at the, the one still they have here, and it's the Ankh, or the, what is it, the Ankh symbol, right. Egyptian symbol. Very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, so I think that's neat that they would take the premise of like mummy wrappings as part of the costume as these transform because that came from Egypt. So I don't know. I think I like it. I like it a lot. I never stopped to think that that's why his outfit was white. White, white sands, mummy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, so I would imagine that it, seeing this before the end of first quarter, it get, kind of gets my March, guess. maybe? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, speaking of things, and this was, it was funny when I saw this link, I forgot, like, is this is a, a movie, but it's going to be on HBO Max. So it's a made for, it's like a, made for tv movie but no, it's, it's uh, yeah it's it's like an event it's not a series it's an event movie yeah i mean right. made for this it's like netflix making their own movie so this is the same right, thing exactly. here yeah um so yeah we we have our first uh basically shot of batgirl in the new hbo standalone film uh and it was released officially, so this is not like someone saw someone on the side of the uh, of the, the the studio lot, and we saw. It. No, this is a uh, professionally done image, which is good because sometimes those images we get that are preview that aren't real make put a bad taste in everyone's mouth, and it's like, oh, I don't totally. like the way it looks. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is obviously done up, um, and it's interesting in the image. There's like two shadows. There's her shadow, and then a shadow in the background. So I'm not sure if that means anything or not. But it could. But we are leaning into the fact that we know that we've heard that um, we're going to get J.K. Simmons will be Commissioner Gordon. That nice. is awesome. Love my that. Home, my hometown homeboy, Gross Point, Michigan. Woo. Yeah. We, it's once again, leaning into this whole um, we know we are getting a different Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie. So they're playing along their own rules again, which is, you know what? Last time DC tried to pull everything together, it went horribly wrong. I'm perfectly right. fine getting better projects that aren't necessarily connected. And if they want to do the old connectoroo with the crisis, right. Flashpoint's coming. Maybe that's how they do that. Yeah, yeah. And DC makes it very easy with the Flashpoint, where Marvel didn't necessarily have that in their back pocket, you know, from way back when. Uh, although they've had heroes return and reboots and this thing and that thing in, in time. So yeah, I would I would give this a, a shake. And do we have a date on this? Um. Well, let's see. Flashpoint's coming in 2022. I'm guessing this one is probably 2023, maybe. Um, and w Michael Keaton is going to be appearing as Batman in this as well. So once again, I, this might be part of, yeah, that, that whole 
things we right. talked about, you know, characters and, and living in different spaces within DC. But right. the fun part, Charlie, is I think about this. Wouldn't it be cool if we got a Gordon and Gordon detective series where it's two Jim Gordons just being Jim Gordon any? <laughs> trying, trying to trying to one up Jim Gordonmanship themselves. Well, you know uh, Simon and Simon, Gordon Gordon. Right. Do, 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 do. What was that song from Simon and Simon? Oh, we should have an audio drop right here. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, but the costume. One last thing about the costume. It is essentially taking from the pages of Batgirl of Burnside, which reinvented her costume to be a little bit more utilitarian. So I love that they're right. doing that. It's really cool taking right. what from the comic and making it work because that costume. Right looks realistic versus someone you see where it's just like a woman in spandex, which is right. sexy, but may not be right. utilitarian. I wouldn't think anything about uh, spandex would be particularly utilitarian in any way, shape, or form, unless you're doing yoga. Uh, and that's usually just pants. It's not a unitard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the strong, it's like the strong man outfit, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We One strap use- across. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, then you got the curly Q mustache and little <laughs> big dumbbells. Yep. That's, yeah. a hard, that's a hard pass on that. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, while we're passing on that, I will uh, pass up my phone from my pocket. See what I did there? And I will get myself an Uber. And the two of us are going to go down to the nasty part of town uh, where we go to our favorite establishment for libations and geekery. That would be the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, the government's plan. Drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Charlie, uh, I've asked you to tell me about a series you started watching, which is called Station Eleven. So, tell me all about it. I mean, started watching. We <laughs> we literally watched this entire thing yesterday. Oh. It is it's it's ten episodes. Uh, it is it's cold as hell in the Midwest. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know if. You live here, and Todd knows because it's colder where he is and where I am. And we just did not want to go anywhere at all yesterday, even though I had to run an errand somewhere. I don't even remember. But I was like, I got to get home. Uh, so we were just knocking the show out from early on. And this is um, it's a genre that I really enjoy, which is post-apocalypse. Uh, but this one is set in Michigan. I love it. Uh, it kicks off in modern times in Chicago. Uh, where there is a terrible flu, they did not say flu-rona, um, uh, which just starts killing people super quickly. Um, the first character we see is a Shakespearean actor who dies on stage of a heart attack, uh, and then it kind of spirals. There is a, uh, a young man who helps out a young girl who's also part of the play and kind of walks her home, but with people dying left and right, they end up uh, together hold up with the man's brother. And what basically happens is, is that we see throughout 10 episodes, the story of both, uh, the young man and the young girl who goes from, you know, age eight or whatever it is to age 28, uh, played by Mackenzie. I've already forgotten her name, but she was in the, she was the hybrid Terminator in the last Terminator film. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And Mackenzie was on the tip of my tongue. Um, but kind of seeing that what happens is that, you know, in the course of this, uh, the young girl and the man walk across Lake Michigan. It's only 75 miles uh, when it's frozen. Uh, well, it's 75 miles all the time, but you can walk across it presumably when it's frozen. And then they end up in in Michigan as a travel in the 20 year jump forward, a traveling um, theater troupe. 
uh, that just, you know, you have uh, cars being pulled around by horses and it's like, you know, the days of yore, but they're going around to, uh, you know, different cities in, you know, uh, in coastal Michigan and northern Michigan. Um, the biggest, uh, I was bitching to you and John about this yesterday, the biggest grab was they invented the name of a town in place of Kalamazoo called Severin City, Michigan, which the airport was the big setting in that one. So that annoyed me. Uh, and it's funny, April looked it up because April's the, the Google master. She says, well, you know, the show notes said they would have gone with Grand Rapids, but they didn't want to do something established. So they made something up. But when they showed a map of Severn City, it was in Kalamazoo. So Michigan people will appreciate what I'm talking about. The f- like I said, Charlie, the, the prequel is going to be called The Fall of Kalamazoo. The Fall. Oh, right. That's, is that where the flu came from? Pretty much. They burned it down and they started it up. You know what? Oh, my goodness. So New program- Kalamazoo doesn't sound good. New Zoo, Scooby-Doo. Uh, this is over on HBO Max, and it was a weekly release, but the uh, 10th and final episode dropped just a few days ago. So it is, um, yeah, it's perfect. So I would, if you if you enjoy that kind of thing, and again, there's, there's a twist and a villain and a cult and this thing and that thing, but I recommend going to check it out. It's a good time. So I did see this is based on a book from 2014, won yes. several awards. Um, right. Quick question, is there anything like, supernatural or like uh sci-fi specific like like creatures nope. or things like that okay so it played it played straight 100 percent. you know this could happen here okay. collapse of society kind of thing because uh, yeah the, with this flu the survival rate is one in a thousand so mm. that, that that thins the herd that's bad that was gonna say yeah. that's bad yeah. that's real bad so yeah so um so anyway yeah uh, I would check it out. And again, it's on HBO Max, which you probably already have. If you listen to this mm-hmm. show, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and then second up, Todd, we both saw Just Scream? Or is it uh, Scream, is it six? So that was a joke. So let's go into this. So right. Scream, yeah. Scream. we're going to call it right. Scream 2022. Because right. okay. we, if this if this was going whatever, we had Scream right. 4, right. 1 through 4 uh, come out. Right. And then we had the MTV series that came out. And then, oh, yeah. um, okay. and now we have this, which is essentially Scream Five. If you do canonically, right. I don't know. I think so. This truly is Scream Five. I mean, call right. it whatever you want. It's okay. not like it's a reboot where it's like the they have none of the original characters or they recast all the original characters. This right. is they bring everybody back together. It's kind of like Halloween. 2018, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, or yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If if those other sequels in the middle never happened, it was just still the right. story of Laurie. Yeah, um, yeah. But they do admit, admit twenty. They do admit that the one from twenty eleven did happen. So right, the one that they shot in Michigan, as I recall, with uh, Laura Rasmussen. The new Severin City. No, old Severin City. <laughs> ah, there we go. Callback, folks. Comedy. Ooh, old Severin yeah. City. Yeah. So, like. This one is a unique movie because I feel like it didn't commit any sins in regards to, oh, my God, they did this or did that. But I felt like ultimately, except for their one little rant in the middle where they had the one character just very much like the Jamie Kennedy talk about the rules. We had this one character who basically talked about you can't just do that anymore. You have to create a new concept. And they created the concept of what, Charlie? The switcheroo? The requel. The The requel. Yeah, they they specifically were you asleep during that part? I slept okay. for about twenty minutes. It, it so, happens. We went to a big meal beforehand. We had a couple of drinks. My th- new thing is I sleep a little bit in the movie theater. Sue me. 
<laughs> I'm not going to sue you, man. It's just that's that's a tough one to go. Um, I do that with TV shows, so I ended up watching the same TV show over here. Well, but um, right. the one the one black girl uh, who was the daughter, the, the they were the nieces, niece and nephew of Jamie Kennedy. So that was the whole thing. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of people who were related to people in the previous movies. The young cast, though, was pretty much they all have ties to the originals. She basically she is the new Randy or Jamie Kennedy okay. in this, where she's the one that calls out all the rules and talks right. about hey breaking things down and you just can't do a remake, you can't do a reboot. Now you have to do this thing called the requel, where essentially you're bringing characters back, you're doing these things and playing off it. So. Kind of like, you know, so I, I kind of like that term because it's, she, make, she makes a good point about how it's used. So in that right, way, this right. is kind of explains why this thing actually exists and how it's done. But other than that, I kind of felt like I there was no surprises in this. Do you feel like there were like many like, oh, I can't believe they did that? No, I mean, and these films aren't really like that. I was um, kind of like they really worked extra hard to create a link uh, from our lead character uh, to a character in the first film, don't necessarily need to say it. Um, but it was like, I just, they couldn't make me think that that was significant, uh, even though they, they did a little de-aging or a little uh, using stock film to put this legacy character in a reflection or for her to see mm-hmm. this and that. And it was just like, uh, okay, that it's not like th- this character, the legacy character, had some great reputation in some other way, shape, or form um, that would make it significant at all. Um, so we did get the return of, um, obviously David Arquette, Courtney Cox, yikes, (laughs) ouch, uh, and Nev Campbell. So you got Nev Campbell who looks age appropriate and Courtney Cox who doesn't look like a human being. Ouch. That's the ouch for you. And then she's the old, she, the old, well, David Arquette looks like David Arquette. So he looks age appropriate. He looks like a dude who's in his, you know, late fifties or whatever. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, And and Courtney Cox has had some work done and Nev Campbell does not look like she had any work done, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, she is, she's probably about almost 10 years younger though. Um, than Courtney Cox. So it is what it is. I would say Nev Campbell's probably our age, if I remember, because Party of Five and stuff in the '90s. Yeah, really seems like it. You know, the the uh, what the hell was that? The the craft, which is a movie my wife loves. Yep, uh, was was her big vehicle. And then David Arquette was again kind of the same time period. Todd, your favorite yep. movie, Airheads. That was the first thing I ever think I saw him in. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird dude. He is a extremely weird dude. Ha- yeah, he's into wrestling for some time. But yeah, I mean, right. so yeah, I think the way it played out, I think it's a. This is a dumb, fun movie. It's that whole slasher, just right. enjoyable, you know, two hours long, have a good time, doesn't do anything new. I would say they p- left this open for a potential continuation. Of course. Um, but, there, but there were no stingers or any credits or anything like that. I had to look just right. in case, and there were not. I, I think we didn't stick around, but I didn't expect it would be the case. But I'm glad you looked. It's good to know. But yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds like the film did well. I know we don't have any numbers in front of us, but it was 38, well, 30, 30 projected now. But they said it could land at 38 million, which would it was just double what Spider Man did. So um, right. kudos. For the, for I mean, weekend, they, they weekend, yeah. and I didn't see any advert. I mean, like I I don't watch a lot of live TV. Like you don't either. I don't right. know how they were because adver- the only thing I know is like geek websites were talking about this. Beyond that, right. I don't know if it was advertised heavily or not. I, it's the only, you know, and again, I, it, uh, you know, to, to hasten back on stuff about cable, that's the only way I know that anything's coming around is I'll see an ad or I'll see a story, you know, because I, I hunt for content on SFU, so I, I will see this kind of stuff. But I don't know that this necessarily crossed my radar anyhow, so I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. and I don't know who, I think, 
I don't know who owns the property to, to be honest. I think it was New Line, wasn't it originally? Yeah, pretty sure. And New Line is, is that under Disney now? I don't know. Is this, and we don't know where this is going because right now yeah. this is one of the movies that doesn't have a streaming component as of yet. So maybe that's a sign of a success. Like if you want to be successful at the box office, don't put your movie uh, streaming right away because guess what? People won't show up. Right. Exactly correct. So anyway, moving on. Now it's funny. We, I was the only one who had a standalone, but the other two things that you're going to talk about I watched as well. So go on. Yeah, exactly. So, Charlie, you were telling me you were going to watch this. I'm like, you know what? I'll watch it, too. We're taking down the Christmas tree. We're late to the party. But, you know, we were late to the party putting it up. So I'm like, I'm going to enjoy a month of a Christmas tree. And I did. Logan and I I were taking it down. I say, hey, do you want to watch this? You might like it. I said, just watch the opening for the show. You'll understand what it is. And like, so we watch it like, okay. so he was in. Um, So we watched the first episode, Peacemaker. And definitely adult folks, man. HBO. Holy cow. You got everything under the sun. First F-bombs per minute, Charlie. This might be three, worse yeah. than Doom Patrol because Doom Patrol is like Brendan, right. <laughs> Brendan Fraser was, you know, his character right. is like the same way here. I'm like, man, oh, man. I mean, first, just drop them. First three episodes, I saw a headline as I was uh, scamming for news. Uh, in first three episodes, which were all dropped simultaneously, 140 F-bombs. <laughs> that's, that's a good cadence. Yeah, 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 that is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I, I, I mean, it just kind of goes over my head. But uh, th- this was this was a hoot. I loved it from the beginning. Uh, somebody when I shared a link said, don't hit skip intro because there's a there's a dance number in, no. in the opening credits. Um, the good news is that before the opening credits, you get a complete recap of the Suicide Squad film in case you hadn't seen it. Um, the whole interaction with Cena and the, the the janitor in the beginning is priceless. Everything about this was priceless. I, I absolutely love this. Uh, and then April, you know, April will come down uh, downstairs after we're done with this and we'll probably watch some more of it. Uh, but th- th- this was a hoot. I just absolutely love this show. I would imagine this will have a 10-episode drop. Um or thereabouts, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's bolstered out, and he's back to work with a new group of you know suicide squatty type of folks, and he's <laughs> gets himself into a the one night stand trouble. Uh, that band that he was singing along to is that a real band? I don't know. There's a lot of like the, like we say we made up bands who make songs that sound like they were right. of the time, but some of those right. tunes were pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but yeah, it was uh, him standing around in his tidy whities and he made the joke about him having a huge hog, which he was in a movie with Amy, Amy Schumer. Oh, Schumer. Yeah, yeah, Amy Schumer, where his, you know, his his big wiener was uh, was demonstrated in that film. So uh, it's either true or it's a good continuity joke that he gets because he's this, you know, because he's John Cena. I have no idea. I will never know, but that's okay. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, I mean, you made a lot of great points. Uh, the opening is great. They tell you everything you know, so you can skip the Suicide Squad if you wanted to. Get you right up to speed. This takes 100% right after Suicide Squad, so it's not like you have to catch up. They tell you exactly what, what happens. They introduce all the characters, um, where we're going. Now, um, I, the one surprise was the Robert Patrick character, who is the Peacemaker's dad. Uh-huh. I thought he was only going to be one note, but then we right. find out he is more than that. Well, he's mm-hmm. the one note. Plus a side story, which I right, thought exactly. was which which makes me curious more about his character because it's like oh there's a journey there we're gonna see how that works right. out. Uh, we do have the one big big moment you talked about Charlie, and we've got we have this character we don't oh the, not character but basically an enemy or whatever that that interaction we don't know who that person is and what they were about and you know right. like hmm because I looked I'm like 
what is she or what is it? Because we don't know. That's not normal behavior. Yeah. And Peacemaker, I guess, I mean, it's established, obviously, probably because he survived the Suicide Squad. He gets stabbed several times in that in that fight scene with the uh, with the, you know, his uh, with with the 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 bar. We'll call her the barfly with the Mm barfly. And he's totally fine. And then he jumps out of a building and lands on the street and he's fine. So does he he says, ow. Well, yeah, but still, he got stabbed in the chest, too. And and don't forget that, you know, he got shot in the throat at the end of the Suicide Squad. So does he have some kind of powers or something or other? Um, They're really dancing around that, you know what I mean? Not not that I'm aware of in the comics. He was a Charlton character that they ended up acquiring back in the day. But his his, I was reading his origin story. It's very weird. Like his dad was like a Nazi war criminal. And he helped his oh, dad, God. and he was all about yeah. This was basically in the '60s or whatever when they when the character was created, or maybe earlier than that. But then he was basically trying to redeem himself from that, and that's where he got the role of peacemaker. But I didn't hear about special abilities, but he did have a lot of like special weapons and things like that. And we got kind of a a more of a, a view of like what what arsenal is available to him in the future. So yeah, and the best part, Eagly Eagly is back, and he's adorable. <laughs> is he back? Was he in the first film? Uh, no, I don't think so. The, the, you so know, you said he's back, and I'm like, did I, how could I have missed him? Well, maybe I just I assumed he was, but we did see him in the trailer. Maybe I was just yeah, when I saw in the trailer, and it just We're is back. Just he is awesome. The, the the eagle who hugs him, and yeah, it says, <laughs> and we get uh, what we get the uh, the African American uh, one of the African American characters. We get a little heavier set woman was from Orange is the New Black. She was tasty. If you ever watch that show, and I know you did. Got it. Really and there's a link with that character that I didn't think right. was it's a thing right. so this shows i mean i love what they're doing with this so i mean yeah. you know and we are getting some heavier duty stuff on hbo max with the dc universe and i right. I'm wait to see what marvel does next because the 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 balls in their court because all we've gotten really right now is the netflix shows and then we got uh what's his name hit monkey and Modoc. Oh. Hulu, Hulu, you mean not Netflix? Hulu. Yeah, who? Yeah, sorry, Hulu. Yeah, so yeah. well, no, the net, the Netflix series though, oh, with, okay, like the older yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so we'll no. see what they do because I yeah, would yeah. be open to more of this stuff with Marvel. You know, internationally, the Disney Plus, uh, the stuff that ends up on Hulu is on Disney Plus internationally. That's what I hear the Weekly Planet guys say all the time. So yeah, they have like a yeah. password system to protect kids, yeah. but yeah, it's there. Yeah. Right. That's that's uh, that's not a bad thing. But again, in the USA, Disney's got to be pristine, I guess. Can't have any of that funny stuff. Well, uh, exactly. and that's and that's maybe why the, uh, the the centerpiece of the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett kind of lacked. And it's <laughs> it's funny to say kind of lacked any teeth, even though there was biting. Um, yes. But yeah, we, yeah, we have episode three uh, just continuing the story of, you know, who is. Uh, standing in Boba's way as he's looking to assume control of the rackets once held by uh, Jabba the Hutt and then by Big Tuna, who Boba killed quite famously in uh, you know at the end of the Mandalorian season two. Um, you know, in in episode two we got Black Curse Santon, who is a uh, Mar- Marvel Comics character, the first one that we're getting. Uh, from the comics page to the screen, unless I'm mistaken, maybe somebody's going to jump up there and let me know. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, an enormous Wookiee, bigger, meaner, uglier than Chewbacca. He's all black fur, obviously, by the name, um, who uh, interrupts Boba's uh, fever dream and his back to his back to tank uh, and just basically beats crap out of him. He's kind of throwing him around the room. He punches him He's with the vibro. He punches him with the vibro knuckles. He bites Boba at one point and Boba is totally, but he does not, not a mark on him. 
So I guess BAFTA really kicks ass. But is this a, an example of Disney, you know, just wanting to keep it kind of PG? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think they get into that category of like blood is scary. You know, right. dismemberment is probably not a good thing. Um, right. Even when the Gamorrean guards is like, put the Gamorrean guards in the back to tank. And I'm like, well, it doesn't looks like it's just a flesh wound. Oh, well. Um, yeah. I mean, right. And, yeah, I mean uh, this, yeah, go ahead. And I was going to say this episode is the first one that really focused on the main story. And really right. use flashbacks, I think, in the more appropriate way, which is flashbacks are complementary. They are not the driver of the story. Right. Um, so true, I think it's true. maybe we're shifting there. But um, I liked how they used the flashback this time because it was I didn't it didn't it, you filled in the blanks yourself. You didn't have to right. get told everything how it happened because, you know, we're not dumb idiots. So they're like, hey, this is what happened. OK, moving on. And you, who knows you know, you know, they, you know they never make that assumption. <laughs> yes, because if there, because bless you, because if there's any gaps, then at that right. point, then people will say, "Well, that happened in that gap because we weren't shown it." It's kind of like <laughs> it, just, right. it is what it is. It's silly, but yeah, we did get you know more of that more, the the main storyline moving forward, and I'm still waiting to find out what what the end game is with Boba Fett himself. What is his journey? Is it just I want to be a ruler? Um, we know there's been attempts at his life. But that's about it. So, and, and we haven't really been seeing like a huge like Boba was never honorable or was 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 a horrible person. He killed indiscriminately, did all these bad things, and then he's trying to become an honorable man. At the end of the show, he'll be an honorable man. So, Charlie, I'm going to make a posit to say he's not going to be an honorable man at this one. We're going to see him turn and realizing, like the Godfather, I can't be kind and friendly if I'm right. going to do this lifestyle. I'm right. going to have to be a turn like Breaking Bad and become the bad guy that so we always thought so he, he was. He's basically Michael Corleone is what you're saying? I think so, and I think that makes that makes it work. I think that it would be great to see Disney finally say, we can focus on a bad guy, or we can see the makings of a bad guy exclude and, and not try to say... Um, Oh, if only someone could redeem him. He's like, no, nope, that's that's the way I'm gonna be. I mean, because I've always thought always it was funny. Trying to try, uh, you know, it's the it's the the bad boy and the girl who tries to tame him. It's not gonna happen. It's never gonna. Yeah, work. Star Star Wars had a problem with like their their redemption stories. With it's like, well, they're redeemed just before they die, right? And it's right. like, well, if they had lived, they'd be going to Star Wars jail or be being put on <laughs> and getting the death sentence because you don't really get through because of all the crappy stuff. They they don't still get a pass because one pe they they did something because of somebody they liked versus I'm trying to save everybody. Don't you remember that's how it always worked in Star Trek with Data whenever he'd malfunction? Oh, uh, we'll just, we'll just you, forget about all the people you killed. It's no well, if you, like you know they they what is it? You just pray on your your deathbed and everything is forgiven. Everything's good. Oh, yeah, that's that's Catholicism right there. That's pretty that's much yeah mean. yeah yeah. But I mean, we did get some weird characters introduced. The weird bike game. I called him like right. the the somebody. I think John called him the most Vespa. I call them the most Vespa <laughs> Rangers because of the colors. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of people are tossing that out, you know, as Zorgon or whatever says, I need some quirky teenagers. And then you get them. Yeah. I don't know if Zorgon was from Power Rangers. I've, I've probably really bespoke. Zardon, I think, is his somebody, name. I should know this. Somebody's going to come after me now. You should. Yeah. Okay, we, very good. Yeah. And we got Danny Trejo. We got, oh, uh, you know. And a, and a little rancor. There's, there's the baby character that you've been waiting on. <laughs> You and we are it. apparently going to see Boba Fett riding a rancor. So, well, <laughs> hands it was, it was on funny. deck. 
one of these, you know, a Screen Rant articles was like, well, this this made something from the holiday special canon. And they hearken back to the animated short that you can actually watch on Disney Plus that introduced Boba Fett, that he was riding this big sea lizard. And that lines of dialogue in this episode referred to that. So, I mean, it's, it's Star Wars fans always stretching. Keeps, keep reaching, Star Wars fans. Gotta connect the dots, Charlie. Connecting those dots. That's what it all is all about. If you can't connect the dots, why even do it? All of the dots. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that wraps that up. Uh, so, Todd, we got to get that Uber bag. Get the hell out of here. Uh, get on over to the airport and snag that Air Qantas so we can get down under to the Thunderdome. Let's make it happen. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a Hoppiger game to keep the mutants entertained. And this week, we're talking about... Long-delayed sequels, and uh, kind of because Scream was what we were talking about, it kind of opened our eyes to, like, I think we talked about this too a little bit, but, um, you know, it's always a good thing to revisit to see where we're at, and at this point, it will be interesting to see, um, I mean, there's other concepts to this, too, where it's like almost like reboots, where you have reboots that kind of, like, try to start it again versus sequels, but this is kind of a good starting point. We can talk through this and see where we land, and, I, and, I, and it makes me think of, like, are we getting anything is anything in the books yet that we're not aware of that is also still coming um, that we're not aware of? Because I'm, I'm like, hmm, do we have any of these more coming uh, that could keep us kind of uh, on our toes? So with that, we got a link from Screen Rant. And as we look through this, Charlie, this is the topic is basically two 10 movie sequels that were delayed for way too long. This is from 2021 and we'll just go down this list. And, you know, uh, way too long is a hard thing. Is it like, is five years too long? Is it 20 years, 30 years long? Definitely an egregious uh, deletion here of one, but I'll save it for the end. That'll be my prestige. One that I'm like, oh my God. Uh, So, uh, boy, you know, I I couldn't even 100% tell you that that I've seen all these, but Zoolander 2 uh, came out in 2016, and the original was from 01. So this was 15 years later. Um, Garnered uh, enough of a cult following to warrant a sequel. Um, Todd, did you see it? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't see it, and I didn't realize there was a reason for it. Uh, and as it turns out, thanks, uh, you know, according to the folks here at Screen Rant, there was not. So thumbs down. Th- so bluey to Yui. Um, yuck. Um, okay, but the next one, <laughs> this is always the example I go to. I saw this one with great excitement. Uh, my mom was in town, so, we, you know, April and I uh, and my mother went to go see this in 2016. Independence Day resurgent. So this was 20 years after the 1996 feel-good blow-up Aliens uh, uh, July 4 movie, Independence Day. Um, That was a literal rehash of the first one uh, 20 years after the fact. The Aliens come back for some more. Uh, The film attempts, you know, it brings back legacy characters. We get Bill Pullman back as a broken-down old man. And, of course, you have Jeff Goldblum, who you think, hey, he can't be bad in anything. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, but of course, the main draw uh, is Will Smith, who is missing. They plug in Liam Hemsworth, which is not. Uh, I mean, he's he, he's he's no Will Smith. Uh, this was was a stinker through and through. Not good stuff. Well, 
as I can say, uh, Independence Day is a movie I saw once, and I'm glad I've only saw it once because I do not like Emmerich's movies. I think they're cheesy. They don't hold up. They That's are dated. Like like oh, yeah. And, and you know, if they wanted to make it better, they could have Harry Connick's son show up just like, you know, he grows up to become the new hotshot, which maybe it was Liam Hemsworth. I don't know. I don't care. Let's not do it know. again. I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this, this next one I did see, but I got to tell you, I don't. I remember watching this, but I don't even really remember watching the entirety of the first one. So this was a sequel to uh, Wall Street from 1980, I'm going to say six or so. Around then, this yeah. Was al- this was almost 25 years after that film. Uh, they've tossed um, they've tossed Shia LaBeouf, who will show up later in our list as I scroll down, uh, as the uh, future son-in-law of uh, now released from jail, uh, ruthless stockbroker Gordon Gecko, who's of course Michael Douglas, the Geico um, Gecko, the Geico Gecko, exactly. Yes, um, yes. It says it's more, more of a reboot than a sequel. Updates the portrayal of the finance world for the 21st century. Uh, Charlie Sheen is replaced by Shy, even though Charlie Sheen does get a cameo, if I remember correctly. Um, didn't make anybody happy, and literally nobody talks about it. Big yeah. I mean, it's kind of a timeless, you know, greed, you know, what's the next scam? I mean, this right. this could make sense, but apparently they just didn't bring any new ideas to the table and just tried to right. replay it again. And, and you know, the, the technology is newer, but, you know, the suits and right. things are kind of the same. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, this, ne- this, yeah. this next So, one, Charlie, you know, I, yeah. This one really, I'll say this and then you can have it. This one, same distance between number eight and number seven from the original of the sequel. Interesting. Yeah, that's yes. that's and and Psycho the original is a Hitchcock classic, uh, and it really introduced kind of the slasher horror film uh, to a lot of ways. So this is kind of like the granddaddy, kind of showed us how it's done. Um, There was never supposed to be a sequel to this. You know, obviously Hitchcock is dead, um, and the the lead actor never wanted to do a sequel because he felt like I would be pigeonholed. I didn't want to go back to that character, but he did find a draw to basically say, could you rehabilitate a killer and, you know, make him redeem himself and where he was going. And I saw like a little pseudo documentary on this. And apparently people say this movie is much better than it should have ever been. Like it's got some cool moments, some twists and things like that. Yeah. And it holds up very well, apparently. And, um, it, it just becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it took all those years to finally, to age the main character, Anthony Perkins, appropriately, you know, from prison, doing this stuff. So maybe in this case, it made sense if you wanted to continue that story with the same character. So, you know what? Probably Psycho 3 probably wouldn't. 4 and 5 wouldn't work, but, you know, why not? Right. I don't know. Um, Here's one that I don't know if I had kids of the right age to watch this, so I can't remember. came out in 2016. The sequel to... um, Finding Dory, but it's like, what the hell was the first one called? Finding Nemo. There you go. Always about finding somebody. Uh, you know, this is a Pixar film that made mention that, uh, you know, belated sequels are, are you know, Pixar stock and trade. Uh, the Toy Story movies are all really spread apart. Um, so was The Incredibles, which is my favorite Pixar film. The most, the, the sequel to that came out just a couple of years ago. Um, but again, with animated films, you don't really have to worry about, oh, so-and-so's too has aged out for blah, 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 because it's animated. Um, well, this goes on to really make the point that the film is 
really kind of unnecessary. Uh, it's 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 a little bit uh, small potatoes compared to a film that took place spanning the ocean as opposed to something that's just taking place in a single locale. And so the movie just doesn't really do much. Um, but again, it's a movie for kids and kids don't notice things like that. So it's a weird, an animated film like this is kind of a weird addition to this list, but. I don't know. It's what the it's think? the Joe it's the Joey of Pixar films, you know, the spinoff from Friends. <laughs> Uh, oh, right. I, exactly. I, I did not care for the Dory character. I thought she was kind of a one note, kind of like that gimmick character. Right. And then to spin off a movie and it's like, oh, she's more of the same. Obviously, this is the character that launched Ellen DeGeneres' second coming of a career. So it is what it was. But yeah, I don't think I found anybody that said this is their best thing. Nemo and that story. And it seems like they were just recreating it. Mm. Kind of like Cars right. 1 and Cars 2, right? I mean, nobody loves oh, Cars yeah. 2. Nobody loves Finding Nemo. I mean, I don't remember Fighting Dory. Uh, I don't remember anything about it, and I really don't. It's funny. This next one is one that I uh, no. Go ahead, please. No, I'm, I'm 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 hogging it. You go on. Oh sure, yeah. So Sin City: A Dame to Kill For from 2014, the sequel to the original Sin City 2005, based on the graphic novels or comics from Dark Horse Comics by Frank Miller. I'm a big fan of uh, the comics. And just the genre, just telling stories about detectives and it's gritty and things like that. The movie actually did a good job representing like the the artwork and that style. Um, right. And they were just kind of goofy and fun. And, you know, you got what's his name? Frodo is an evil villain. You got some some different characters as evil right. and, and doing some cool stuff. Very sexy. Uh, the sequel I didn't see. And I don't know much about it. I don't think most people really said it was the worst thing in the world, but they felt it was like kind of a, a bland take mm-hmm. is all i heard yeah i i mean this movie and again i'm everybody can appreciate uh, comic fans can appreciate frank miller on different levels i was i actually kind of found that first film a big turnoff because it was just mm. so it was so gruesome that i yeah. just, i don't know that i don't know that i finished it because i was like there's very few things that can really gross me out but this film really had a special touch for it so a uh, great photo here of lady gaga uh, in this, so I mean, if you know, she's a draw. I mean, I, I enjoy her work, but um, yeah, it, it sounds like this was a bomb, and it didn't pull anybody back in to um, to get interested in it. So, oh well, good, probably won't be seeing it again, or you know, will in fifty years when it's you know a property that somebody wants to take another stab at. Um, so well, now that dark, four. now that dark, yeah, Dark Horse was just bought, so they could try oh, to that's right. that that company. Yeah, we talked about that. They could try to make a, a new movie, and I definitely do want to see the sequel to see what storylines they hit on. But you know, I, I'm not going to anticipate it's a great movie. Uh, yeah, right. the next one, Charlie Tron Legacy. Oh, I don't know if you were a big fan I of Tron. Huge, huge fan. Uh, and yeah, this okay. was. Uh, it seems like they're getting a little further spaced out, but this uh, Tron Legacy uh, came out 30 years after the original. The, the original, which came out in 1982, uh, was enormous uh, because it was I was six years old. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was probably the first Disney thing I ever really appreciated. Um, had a great soundtrack by Journey, like original Journey. Gave us the song Only Solutions, which is a little bit of a little bit of a side cut. Not one of the big hits. I did not um, remember that. Aha! Uh-huh. And they they did they did some of the background music as well, but um, yeah, it was it was us very young Jeff Bridges who was this was one of the more modern uh, takes on de aging the character happening mm-hmm. with yeah one of the first ones yeah character character of Flynn. Um, I, I thought this was absolutely abs- friggin' lutely dreadful. I could not stand this reboot, having loved the original so much. Um, yeah, we get the we get the you know version of uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, you, you, well, you get Jeff Bridges' son's character, but 
Jeff Bridges' character son. I got that. Um, you know, essentially rehashing the plot line uh, of the first film, going in there uh, to try to rescue his dad in this case. And his dad is really the villain and da-da-da-da-da. And you got Olivia, Olivia, Olivia Wilde in there mm-hmm. and Daft Punk. Weird, weird stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I just... It, I liked I, a I, lot. I, I liked the I liked it a lot. I like the visual style. I love the soundtrack. So um, I just like that type of Daft Punk music. So if you're not a fan of that, that doesn't add to the experience. But it's definitely more right. of that sci-fi nature than Journey's not very sci-fi sounding. So all their all their album covers are very sci-fi. Very very true. And there were they were in a video game that had a very right. unique soundtrack. Yeah, right. but I, I enjoyed it, and a lot of people also enjoyed it. And they had a spinoff cartoon, but yeah, it didn't take off, and it did not uh, do enough to really, I think, reboot that. For franchise or right exactly bring it back yeah uh and and certainly to be said of number three as well dumb and dumber two that's to uh came out in 2014 and this was t- t- 20 years i would say 10 years 20 years uh after these guys did you know one of the most quotable you know dumb fun movies about two idiots that are kind of dinking their way uh through life by the fairly brothers who also gave us you know something about mary and kingpin and other movies that you and i really like todd but mm-hmm. um this was super duper pointless. And this came out with this. When, when did this? 2014 was a great year for this list because a lot of these films are from the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was, there was a, um, there was a prequel, a prequel in between without these two guys. Uh, when Harry met Lloyd, Oh, I had to know there was, you know, like, there was like Lando's Cape and, and uh, Hans Dice kind of movie. It's like, oh, I really need to know how these two guys got together. And this nope. was these guys get back together and find out one of them has a has a daughter or something. And um, it just and a lot of the same crap, like, you know, probably a big diarrhea joke or something. So it's just it, it's just got to go. You had a hit. It was a great hit. Let it go. <laughs> That's a lot of that humor true. hasn't aged well either. So, tr- right. and, 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 you know, I didn't see, it and I'm like, I don't see a point. And yeah, right. the, it's just, it's some of these, just, just leave them alone. Let the, the let them be standalones and make us happy. If you want to do this perfect, but don't expect anybody to love it. And it's a cash grab, mm-hmm. I think primarily. Yeah. Oh God. And speaking, speaking of, of which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please allow me. Cause this one, this one holds a special place in my heart because uh, my son, Noah, my oldest son loved this movie when it came out, he was, he was uh, eight years old. Um, and we enjoyed it from that regard. However, um, uh, Indiana, we're talking about Indiana Jones and in the, in the kingdom of the crystal skull. Now in 1989, Indiana Jones, the last crusade, which of course had uh, Sean Connery as Indy's father, what a great ending. They literally rode off into the sunset. It couldn't be a better capper to a trilogy. So almost 20 years go by and Spielberg and Lucas are like, we definitely want some more money. People are totally going to end up uh, going to see Indiana Jones again. And we just get something filled with a lot of CGI nonsense and a literal, uh, excuse me, a new interpretation of the jumping the shark trope from Happy Days Nuking the fridge where Indiana Jones <laughs> Indiana Jones puts himself in a refrigerator to survive a nuclear test detonation. Uh, and then we get some aliens for some reason. <sighs> I thought it was swinging with the monkeys. I thought swinging with the monkeys was, was like more was, of the, that. Yeah. That was the CGI porn part of it, without a doubt. Yeah. And this, and again, Shia LaBeouf rejoins our list. He's Indiana Jones's son. Oops. Spoiler alert. Uh, that we find out, and you know, not only uh, do you know you, Harrison Ford was too damn old. You see him kind of hobbling his way through the stunts uh, in this move. Sorry, I love I love you, man, but you're older than my you're older than my dad, and in less firm of health. Always crippling yourself. 
Um, but now we're getting another one of these films that's coming out, I believe, next year. Oh, my God. Please, just... You know, it, this this would be firm for a reboot, please, uh, with a new actor. You know, let him go, start it over. But this just was really trying too hard to give us uh, more of a story that we didn't need. Something that did not did not hold up to the source material. Yeah, yeah. It just it's it just the script sucked. There was a lot of things they tried to do. They tried to make do the happily ever after. I think they pushed that too hard because that's right. not what I view India as. India as having a happily ever after, just not part of his character. He just is always going to be not satisfied, and he's always going to want that next adventure. So settling down just didn't seem as up to speed. Yeah, just did a lot of things wrong. Um, and right. and I'm curious because the next one we are getting, it's from a different director. Um, so maybe that's where they go, and maybe we haven't seen much because they're going to pivot, and it's going to be more of like indie stories and indie right. kind of brings it in and we get a new indiana right. which would be cool but maybe not and we're just gonna drag phoebe, it out again yeah phoebe waller bridge phoebe waller bridge she's gonna be be the co-star um and toby jones is in it as well so good cast yeah. but again you know being that indiana jones is so important to me that's that was my big cosplay for my yeah. cosplay days i've always loved the character that you know the, the thought of another one kind of bumps me out is yeah. not quite as much as this one did so now yeah and it's, a, and it's a big and it's a big franchise so it's like disney right. would like this to be big and do things with right. it and it's like we are getting a new video game so you know god guys right. you know new comic series there's a lot of things they could do with this right. and have so much right. fun with it just like james bond Exactly correct. Now, Todd, number one on the list. Have you seen this? I feel like you probably this, have. No, no. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2? And my uh, my mother loved this film. And I remember it came out in 2001 or 2002. She's like, oh, my God, you got to see this. And it was it was a series of, uh, and again, I, I don't have any Greek in my family. Nobody in my family is married to anybody Greek. We're, we're English, Irish. Uh, we don't have a lot of, you know, quirky little cultural touchstones. Uh, that I can really relate to. So it was it was fun at the time. Now, this is Nia Vardalos, who I think has since disappeared. And I think there was a TV show of this as well between, you know, there was. 2002 and 2003. And then they cranked out a sequel to this that came out, well, just five years, five or six years ago. Uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, which was all the same stuff rolled out. It's like you're trying to you're trying to let the lightning out of it. You're trying to get the toothpaste out of the tube again after you've got it back in there. Um, just like further up the list, where maybe we were talking about Dumb and Dumber, maybe we were talking about uh, Psycho, um, you know, or Independence Day. It was it was a one and done. Your story wrapped up. Just let it go. Um, but yeah, this was an attempt, obviously, to make some bucks off the, the, the highest grossing rom-com of all time. And it just was nothing ins- nothing inspired and so much more predictable and nothing brought absolutely nothing to the table. I don't even know that I watched the whole thing. And this could have been another, you know, it's on DVD from Redbox back in those days or whatever. I was just slipping my way through the end of it. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, pretty much uh, pointless and... Yeah, it did not. It apparently was successful, but not as successful, which is, you know, to be expected with a phenom like that. So, yeah, I, I think at this point, Charlie, I mean, these were ones that that were called out there. And you and I had a couple in a, that we had kind of dragged out from our own minds, uh, right. especially we already talked about Independence Day. You know, right. we talked about Matrix as well. We don't have to talk about that one again. Sure. Um, we just talked about Scream. Um, but then a couple else that came out, uh, Ghostbusters 2016 and now Ghostbusters the girl, 2021. The girl Ghostbusters. Yeah. Now those two, two films are 
uh, not connected. Um, and again, it, it, this is another case of one of my kids really glommed onto this. My son Jackson loved the Ghostbusters at that time, thought the girl Ghostbusters was great, was excited to see a sequel because, oh, there was a stinger at the end where they, they give a name drop for Zod, and, uh, or not Zod, uh, Zool. Uh, so there's going to be a sequel. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, ultimately, a girl Ghostbusters improved, uh, uh, was proved to be incredibly unpopular. Uh, and my God, how could girls be Ghostbusters? But they managed to make it work in this new film, uh, which uh, is, again, over 30 years after the last in-continuity film, which would be Ghostbusters 2 in 1989. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think, and again, I, we love that film. We saw it twice in theater. I bought it on uh, digital, so we'll probably watch again at some point in the future during, uh, you know, watching Ghostbusters 1, you know, 1, 2, and Afterlife, because Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films of all time that came out when I was a kid, so... That's one that really, um, a long delayed sequel that I think really worked out. And they, yeah, even it, well, in, they even subbed in a dead actor as a ghost and made it work. Yeah. And they, they even, I mean, I would say it's kind of a requel because it was once again, requel. a sequel yeah. with bringing in the original cast, doing those type of things right. with a new cast in tow that has a connection to the past. So that's the requel premise, which is cool. Right. Uh, similar to Charlie, I, I can even bring one up. That's not on our list. Ooh, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Oh, very good. That is, a, that is a requel because it's, it's essentially continuing on with a core right. cast of characters, essentially establishing a new set of characters. It's not a reboot because right. it's not reestablishing. So it's doing that right. type of those things. Now where that went, you don't get most requels with sequels that often. Right. But it's that's where a lot of the things went. Set up as a trilogy, but yeah, of those three films, I, I adore The Force Awakens, and it probably yeah, me too. Uh, it probably is because of you know there was a Lego game based around it, which I liked, but I thought it and again it was a requel, but it was a it was a spiritual cousin of uh, the first Star Wars film or A New Hope, if you will, um, but did it in ways that I thought were kind of cool and different. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I really I, I liked it. I, I don't think they they had a bad beat in that film. Um, and again, you know, we don't need to bring that in to talk about the other two films because there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a good one. So the thing you say what was 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 I thought the thing was a reboot. Was that a sequel? well? So that that's the funny part. So the thing essentially there are three thing movies. So there is the original, which is from the fifties. Right. Um, then we had the eighty two Carpenter film which was essentially oh. a reboot of that. And then okay. we had the Thing 2011 film, which I never saw, uh, which essentially was a prequel to the 82 oh. thing. Oh, oh okay. So, I had no, having not seen it, I also had no idea. I remember, yeah, I thought the, the Thing, the 82 film, was the most visually ambitious film of its time. It was amazing mm -hmm. the kind of stuff they did with that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this really blew my mind. Uh, what was not um, visually impressive for its time was the last item on our list, or at least it's oh, the last item on our list. yeah. Oh, God. yeah. We saw that. When did we see that? We we just talked about that. What two years ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I even saw this film till maybe five or six years ago. Uh, but I definitely saw I definitely saw its sequel at the time it came out. Uh, so we're talking about Escape from New York, which came out in 1981, about the Snake Plissken character played by Kurt Russell. And I, I feel like I feel like he's coming back to like there's another movie in the mix. I just absolutely feel like there is. Uh, well, anyway, Ghost from Mars, Ghost from Mars or Ghost of Mars was supposed to be 
a escape movie. Oh, that was supposed to be him? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, New, uh, the, the island of Manhattan is a prison, but the uh, Air Force One crashes on it, and they got to bring in rogue outlaw Snake Plissken to rescue him, and it's a whole lot of blizz blast. And at the end of it, he escapes as well. Um, but then 15 years later, they got to give us the West Coast version of it, which was Escape from L.A., which was even more implausible, quite frankly, because you have, a oh, the uh, United States has become a church state and, uh, you know, the president is Uncle Ben from the, from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Uh, was it Cliff, Cliff Robertson? Was that his name? Yes. Yep. Uh, and then you've also got Stacey Keach. You've also got Michelle Forbes, Admiral <laughs> Kane, Ensign Rowe. Um, but yeah, he's got to go in there and, and hook up with the likes of Steve Buscemi and the chick from the... Uh, not the top, what's a, uh, uh, top secret movies, Valeria, what's her oh, name? Jeez. But, and, uh, uh, yeah. Galino. And, uh, and, uh, I think Bruce Campbell makes an appearance and it's just, it's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yep. but, not, but there, there's nothing, there's nothing about it. It's just not super cornball. There's not a lot of suspense. Uh, no part of it is like, uh, you know, where the first one was kind of dark and dreary and you even had, mm-hmm. In that movie, and the first one, you had Adrian Barbeau was in there. Do you have uh, Mickey Mickey Rooney? Yeah, or no? Uh, God, one of those old timey actors was was. In yeah, there, I like, know what you're talking about uh, not Rod Sterling. He's um, yeah, and, I know you're talking but, uh, about. Also, yeah. you had you had Isaac Hayes as the camera. Oh, uh, perfect! Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely no point to escape from L.A. without even having to look it up. I'm going to tell you that it was a critical and commercial failure because that was 1996, 25 years ago, and we've never heard another thing about it. So, say la vie to the Escape From series. Yeah, yeah, that was John Carpenter, kind of at the tail end of his ability right. to make films that people actually liked. <laughs> Ouch! Which is a shame. Oh man! But anyway. Uh, oops, I did it. I pounded it on the table again. My bad. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, so this would be the point in the show where I we say to you, fair listeners, what do we miss? What is what? What else is out there uh, that is uh, what? That maybe there's a great example of something that was a sequel placed apart that that really worked out. That was a great follow up. Like you know, we thought the Force Awakens was a great follow-up. A lot of people probably find that very controversial. Now's the time to hit us up on Twitter and or Facebook. Let us know. Todd, how do we how, how do people get at you on Twitter? Oh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Twitter at T Oxtra. Uh, you can follow me from my rantings and ravings and uh, looking for justice through the underdog. Uh, that's where you can find me. Absolutely. And then of course, uh, for the uh, the podcast at all in the network, uh, at Secret Friends You, I am of course over there on Twitter uh, at the C3. Go ahead and spell that out. Let us know something we missed, please, uh, by doing that. Um, and you know, we, it could just be, you know, we're, you know, we're human. We, you know, we, we look at lists from Screen Rant like anybody else. We're going to miss something. So uh, this has been fun. I like this segment. This was good. And I think it was particularly timely with The Matrix and Scream having come out um, and the ever uh, plunging concept of Hollywood having uh, being creatively bankrupt. So thank you very much. <laughs> Charlie, we're only one step away from another sequel, like the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s coming back. And right. we'll talk about those in years to come. In years to come, exactly. Well, with that, my friend, uh, that's the end of the program. So I'm going to tell you, as always, uh, thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. And to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Requel, the new sequel. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. 
Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.